When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kyle Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. Always. Much appreciated when you tune in, especially during times like this. Also, don't forget you can read my work on ESPN.com. Have a couple stories up now. Some of the stuff going over, you know, too many hits for Sam Howell, why all the big plays, Emmanuel Forbes struggles, and the rookie class. And so there you go. That's up on ESPN.com now. Also about the injuries to Derek Forrest and Jeremy Reeves. Forrest has a shoulder injury. Reeves with a knee injury. Both are going to be placed on injured reserve. The question we don't know yet is for how long will they be on there? And obviously they could go short term, but we don't know yet. We didn't know yet as of Monday during Ron Ron Rivera's press conference, how long that would be. So stay tuned for that. As Rivera said, especially by Jeremy Reeves, big blow for the special teams. He's the leader. And now someone else is going to have to step up. Derek Forrest with him out. You're going to get more play time for Quan Martin as a third safety. Percy Butler will, of course, then play a more prominent role next to Cam Curl. So in the safety, to be honest, is not the safety play needs to be better. And that's really outside of Cam Curl. I don't think I don't think he's been spectacular, but the other ones have been have had had their hiccups, including Forrest and Butler. And now Quan Martin's going to get a shot to show what he can do as a second round pick. Anyway, also in a few minutes, I'm going to get to my little film review. And really what I'm going to go over is just the big plays that have been allowed this year. They've allowed 18, a league high 18 plays of 25 yards or more. That's horrendous. So is there a common theme? What's going on here? Can it be corrected? Going to take a look at some of those and just kind of go over a few of some of the themes of the mistakes. Before I get there, I do want to go get back to, you know, for some of you, the only thing you want to hear right now is that they should fire Ron Rivera. They should fire Del Rio. They should fire everybody. You're not going to hear that from me. So if that's what you're waiting around to hear, then then we'll just talk another time because that's not my job as a reporter who covers a team to sit there and advocate for people's firings or anything like that. I assess situations and I will analyze you know, all day, but I'm not going to sit here and call for firings because it's not what I am paid to do. And if that's all you want to hear, then I'm sorry, you're not going to hear it. And I'm going to stay professional to what I do because that's my job. Now I will analyze, I will tell you what's going on and I'll tell you with the owner, this is what I would say is that, you know, what I'm trying to tell you now is what they will do or why they would not make a move. And that's what Nikki Javala and I talked about the other day on the podcast is why they wouldn't make a move at this time. Cause logically it just doesn't make sense. It would make you feel good. It's like eating a candy bar. going to make you feel good. You're going to still be hungry later because you don't have a legitimate solution to take over for a defensive coordinator, to take over for a head coach at this point. And I know the, you know, everybody's like, Oh, Eric, the enemy. Well, first of all, the enemy's got his hands full just coaching the offense. And 
we haven't seen enough to say, oh, this guy should be the head coach. I'm not saying he shouldn't be, but I'm saying we haven't seen enough. The other thing is, if you really, really want Bienemy to be the head coach, you should want him to want him to stay as the offensive coordinator and let Rivera get to the end of the season because the way that Bienemy will ascend to another job, a next job, or the higher the a head coaching job is by showing what he can do as a coordinator. And if you take that away, you're going to put him in a no-win situation if you elevated him to a head coach. And it's kind of silly that I'm even addressing this because they're only two and three. Anyway, but it gets asked a lot. But if you want the guy to become a head coach, you should want him to continue working with Sam Howell, show what he can do in that role, in a full-time role, and elevate because it rarely do interim head coaches become head coaches. Anyways, so that's all I'm trying to do here is just what is what is the owner going to do or why? What makes sense? Is there a solution here? You, you, I, my job is stripping away the pat, the emotion from it to look at it like that. So I get your emotion. Trust me, I'm a sports fan too. But that's that's what that's what we're looking at here. And you know, the other thing is Harris. Harris let it be known coming in that he's going to give these guys a year. You cannot then change course just because they're now two and three and coming off an ugly loss. You don't change course like that because it just sets a bad tone and precedent for your ownership um, and just what you're going to be about. If you say you're going to give them a year, then you need to give them time to show what they can do for you, not working under the situations they had in the past where you could say, hey, how much of the Snyder impact trickled down to the team, to the coaching staff? How much did it, it, it impact how they what they did, not so much on the field, but how they did things and the other craziness they had to deal with, how did that impact their jobs? Take away the craziness, see what this group can do. That's what he wanted to do. So he's going to give them a year now. If they go, if they get to two and ten, are going to be? I don't know what's going to happen then, but I do know at two and three, no, you're not going to make that kind of a move. Be way too impetuous. The guy you want to do that is the guy who just sold the team two months ago. That's the kind of move he would have made early on because that's how he came in. That in when he came in, he went overboard on situations like this, and it's and you know you don't want that. He thought it was Dan Snyder thought it would make him tough and demanding, and they blah, and it didn't. It just meant it was he was he his whole ownership tenure was fire aim ready, make a move, then real then worry about the impact. He fires North Turner that he was going to install Pepper Rogers as the interim coach for God's sake. The other coaches were going to walk. There was no plan. He just did it because oh that's a bad loss. They're seven and six. I don't like North Turner. Blah blah blah. The point is that's not how you operate, especially when you're coming in, especially when you say I'm going to give them the year, and then after one loss you do that because the fans are fed up. That's not how you make decisions here. Now at the end of the year, if they're eight and nine. And then you know, the decision make, I think that's an easy call. You know, um, nine and eight, win a playoff game, different. Can they get to that point? I don't know. Based on how they played, it certainly doesn't look good, does it? But I also know the last couple of years how they've looked for stretches and then they somehow recover. The second half of the season, this schedule is going to make that a lot more difficult. So they've got, they can't wait till they're two and five, two and six to turn around. They got to turn around at two and three. So, but again, that's why. I look at this and say that if you really want the guy to make this, to say like, I got to hold people accountable in two and three, Dan Snyder, that's your guy. This ain't the guy. 
Josh Harris is a lot more patient. He's a lot smarter. He makes he makes stronger decisions in who he surrounds himself with, and he's going to go through a, a process to to come to certain decisions. Again, if they get to a certain point, you can make the case like, hey, they're, they're clearly they're going to do something, and they're two and ten. That again, we're not there yet. So at this point, if that's all you want to hear, you're going to be disappointed, and we'll talk again in February when when things are you know whatever they are at that point. But I think with Josh Harris, the reason why you want him as an owner is because he doesn't operate like Dan Snyder, and that would be a Dan Snyder type move. So there you go. And I get it. It's year four. I get all your, I get everything you say. I understand it. I've been there, folks. I'm out there more than anybody. So I kind of know what's going on. I know what the frustration is. And I hear it. I deal with it on social media. I get people who will, who will blame me kind of, you know, or the media for what's going on, even though we didn't, I haven't, I have yet to blow a coverage, cover to uh, coverage. So there you go. Um, anyways, but that's, so that's the life of it here, but I understand the frustration. Trust me very much. I live this team. I live this stuff every day. It's 24 hours for me. So I get it. I get the frustration. I get the, I agree with everything you say that it should be better, that they should be further along, that it shouldn't look like this. You're absolutely right. Anyways, but this is new for Harris. And again, you know, he may have been a fan and maybe this is your four, but it's new for him. And he's got to assess what he needs to see to see, is there anybody that I need to keep? And if so, why, how, how does this group operate? Would this person be better with this structure around them? All that stuff. So that's what, you know, um, that's what I think he's going to do. He's a patient guy, which I think in the long run is going to be very, very good for this franchise. Patient, but I think he also knows like, I think he understands leadership very well. He's an, he was an he was an athlete. He surrounded himself with people who understand leadership and being in charge from Mark Guy, Mitchell Rails, Magic Johnson. So, and I think, you know, so keep that in mind. Like this is not a guy who's going to be some sort of a pushover just because at two and three, he didn't fire a head coach or defensive coordinator. Anyways. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's get to the to the some of the big play issues and all that. And the one thing, by the way, one of the things that I that you know when you have a chance to watch other games and all that, it's really interesting because one of the things that really jumped out to me, you're watching San Francisco and Dallas Sunday night, is how damn good those 49er linebackers are. And you see, like, okay, you sit there and you think that Jamin Davis is playing better, right? And then you see the difference. And like that is unbelievable and it's a what the difference it makes in that defense and you know i know like cody barton has not done you know he's he's got to play better right he has to play better 
And I don't know, like you can, everybody want, if you want to put Kalik Hudson in there, fine. I don't know that it's going to make this huge, huge difference. Not that you shouldn't try something if it doesn't work. However, um, but the point is like the difference those guys make, that's what this, this team is not getting those kind of plays. I think Jamin Davis has been solid, but those, those dudes play at a different level and it transforms the Niners defense from being a potentially really a, a, a good one, right? A really good one into a phenomenal one. And, and that you go back to Werner and, and um, good, you know, Dre Goodlaw. Um, so that's, that makes uh, um, a huge, huge difference. So, Anyway, just wanted to point that out because because I just watched it the other night and I think it jumps out. Um, as far as the big plays, again, 18 plays of 25 or more tied for first in the, in the league. 15 of those have been pass plays. And so what are the mistakes? Is there a common theme? Is it coaching? Is it is it execution? Is it, you know, what is it? Are they trying to do too much? All that stuff. And I think some of it's, listen, usually in these kind of situations, it's a combo of everything. And there's sometimes where you see like veteran guys doing, making moves where you're like, I don't get why this guy made that because he's smarter than that. Now, I'm not going to get into Emmanuel Forbes here. We've gone over him enough. And we know that guy, at least his, his thing is he's a rookie. He's going to go through these lumps. Now he's got to get better, but he's going to go through that. And I also think, I also wonder sometimes too, and I pointed this out the other day about there are a couple of times on the, on the, in the bears game where at the top of the route, uh, DJ Moore is creating separation, but is it a push off or is it, or what are the, what are the officials seeing there? Because he does get knocked off. And typically this is actually one of the areas where Forbes's strength kind of works against him because he's really good at not getting off balance in those situations and still being able to maintain a plant, the ability to plant and drive to come back to the ball. That's actually really good. But I think if he got knocked off balance and kind of flung himself back a little bit, he probably would get those calls. But he is really good in that area. So it probably prevented some of those calls from being made because you look at it like arm is extended. And so you wonder about that, but I still think he's going to have to learn how to deal with that because if they're not going to call it, then you still have to play the ball. You still have to make the play. Um, but there's hope for that kid because like he's, he's got a lot of talent. How does he handle this experience and, and where does he go from here? But anyways, I'm not going to get into him because we've done that. And again, his thing is he's a rookie. He should be going through these struggles. Why are some of the other ones doing it? And let's, we'll take a look at that. Um, you know, um, let's start with number one, bad technique. So the first touchdown pass is a 58 yarder and this is on the sale route. So the receiver more takes um, Benjamin St. Juice is playing underneath and you got safety help. And this is where the technique comes into play. He's way inside on, on, on more playing way inside on his hip. Got to be more on the back hip because he's got inside help. So if the guy's going to take it across, he's got help from the safety coming down. So you got to understand that it's just, you know, this is, that's an easily correctable thing. You know, the coverage, you know where you should be. So you've got to do it, play it right. That's just, that's coverage. That's a technique issue, right? So instead, so he plays him inside and then more just takes him back outside the sail route. Boom. You, you take it in, you're taking it back out. We've seen McLaurin runs that well, Jahan Dotson, they've had big plays off that. DJ Moore had one too, but it's all started with St. Juice being way too aggressive playing inside. You've got to play on the back outside hip and you know, know that you have safety help to the, you have help inside. That's where you got it. So understand that 
and and play it better. But that was that was a a big play in that game. And then there are little things too. And this is not one where it wasn't considered a big play. So it's I'm only going to go over this briefly. But on the touchdown pass that Kendall Fuller allowed, the first one with a double move by DJ Moore, he actually plays it well. The double move, it's not the double move that gets him. What got him is I just wonder what he was thinking because Kendall's one of the smarter players I've covered. And I've told you that a number of times. And so when he may, does something like this, it really jumps out. But it was um, with his eyes. Like, so he's he, he plays a double move fine. It was, it was second, I think it was like second and goal, third and goals, or third and second, fourth, third and fourth, inside the 10. So he's got to play tight, but he's, he's a couple yards off, but he he pauses. He doesn't drive up on the double move. He doesn't bite on the first move, but he pauses. And he's in good position to play to the corner, right? But for some reason, he looks back. At some point as he's going back, he turns his head back to the quarterback, which you never do. You're not supposed to do that. And so you want to, if you want to see, I think St. Juice played that a similar situation, not the exact same route, but similar situation. Well, where he gets beat, but he stays with the guy and he uses length to put his, get his hand up through the receiver's hands and just makes a nice play. And on this one, Fuller looks back and it slows him up and it basically costs him his, his awareness, I, I would say. And so he's not able to get to the, to the, to the receiver in time to really play through the hands of the ball. Maybe he was, and I didn't talk to Kendall about this, but I'm just wondering, did was he expecting maybe a back shoulder type throw? And so you're turning to maybe look at this way. I don't know. But what I do know is I don't see Kendall making that kind of mistake too often. But in this case, it hurt him and it hurt them. So that was just, and that's a little, that's an eyes thing, right? Which I guess is part of your, everything's part of your technique, I guess, but it's an eyes thing. So another part is over aggressiveness. So and again, these are I'm going over all the games, not just the Bears game because disaster. Anyway, some of this stuff all played a part in the Bears game, but it's it's the 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 sins of the secondary, I guess, and it's largely the secondary. Um, but there was another other times over aggressive, and I think Derek Force has been a guy that he's an aggressive guy. <clears throat> he has infectious energy out there. I enjoy talking to that guy. Like, I think he's got a lot of passion for the game. I think that's a really good thing. But he does get over-aggressive. And that's something that as a safety, you've got to be aware of and, and just, you know, correct that. So when he comes back, you know, or whoever's in that role, because it's not only him, but you've got to make, be mindful of that aggressiveness. And so, for example, in the Denver game, um, there was a play, the 60-yard touchdown pass. It's a play-action and so Force comes up, bites on the play action. It's free safety. You don't need to bite on the play action, man. That ain't your job. Your job is still to be back if you're in that cover too. But he bites on it, ends up scrambling to get back, and he kind of gets himself out of position. And I think that's one of the things that happened there, and it becomes an easy touchdown because he gets out of position right away. Be Play the position with patience, right? Going back to the patience word. Another time in the in the Bills game, similar thing, touchdown pass to Gabe Davis, if you remember this. Again, basic cover two. So you have um, oh, I know what happened on this one. They just they were disguising two and they had a late rotation that looks like a it looks like a single high, and they rotate right at the snap, and you're facing Josh Allen. So you need to make sure I remember, and I talked to like 
when I do this stuff, I end up talking to defensive backs or other coaches, whatever, to see, make sure am I am I seeing it right, et cetera. So in this case, I talked to former safety. It's like, you know, that was a late rotation. When you're playing Josh Allen, you more than trying to fool him, you need to get to where you need to be and you need to be very disciplined with it. So if you just give it away briefly before, you know, maybe if you played it, um, got, get there a little bit sooner, then you can have, um, then that's going to help you out quite a bit. That did not happen here. So it's a late. So like this time it was a late rotation, and then you have uh, again force biting on a play action, and then getting yourself out of position. And if that's the one, if you remember, and I'll put a, a picture up of that, I think. Um, but it's one where um, uh, they send two guys out, and like force has to get deeper. And if you deeper, you have more depth. Now you can play two guys come in your area. And then you can get the safety can Percy Butler on the other side can come over because, you know, and in, in this particular play, there's nobody to his side. The vision brings you over here so you can help out and take away an inside route. Cause it looks like, it looks like Forrest is stressed. I mean, they're stressing him in coverage. However, if he drops to the top of the numbers first, he's going to be in good shape. Then you get the other safety kind of rotating over a little bit, cheating over because there's nobody on the other side. Now you're in better shape. So you can play it better. And is that coaching? I don't know. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. But, you know, um, then then you also had, in, again, in the Bears game, um, this is another example of cover two and just play it right. I mean, it's some of this is, to be honest, folks, some of this is just, it's it's basic safety play. And that's what I think is very frustrating for them, for you, for me, for anybody watching, because, you know, it's there, right? If you're in cover two, you've got to be at your, your deep half safety. So the touchdown pass, if you remember right, um, it was, I think it was the DJ Moore as the first one. And um, Percy Butler, like you have Cody Barton is taking the tight end down the seam. And or take the I think it was a tight end, tight end or receiver, whatever it was taking down the down the middle. It's like a Tampa two. He's in good shape. Barton is actually playing it really well on this play. But Butler has his back to the outside and he's kind of shaded to the inside, cheating inside, almost as if he's bracketing this guy. But that's not the play because you have Kendall Fuller. If that was, then you'd have Kendall Fuller sinking even deeper in coverage because Moore's going behind him. Problem is he's got a guy way up front that if he sinks all the way back with the receiver, then they're just going to dump it to the guy in front of him in the flat. And that guy's going to get 20 yards. So yeah, it's not a touchdown, but it's a first and goal inside the four. Maybe he scores. The point is that's not how it was. That's not, you know, the coverage is a basic cover two. So the safety has got to be more aware and got to have, has to have his eyes on the right work. That's an, again, like, is that, is that coaching or is that just basic and why is it not happening right why does those why do those mistakes keep happening and that's what to me is the most confounding thing and how do you correct that because listen man if ultimately this is on this is going to be on the coach it has to be because if if all these guys are making these little mistakes is that an attention to detail thing and then who is that on and you you know it's your job then to get it's brett visselmeyer and, and richard rogers you know it's their those their jobs to get this corrected because it keeps happening. And so clearly they know this. And and so like, I mean, they're here for a reason. They know, they understand. I mean, if I'm seeing it, they're seeing the same thing. So, you know, will this be a time where they get it corrected during this, during this little mini break? Um, because if they don't, 
it's going to keep happening. And then it's, and nothing's going to change and all your anger is going to still be there. And I'm going to say, have at it, baby, because you're, you're all, your, your feelings are exactly on target because how is it, how is that happening? And why is it not changing? And, you know, um, that's just, do they miss Chris Harris? Remember he was their secondary coach last couple of years. Now in Tennessee is their pass game coordinator and a cornerbacks coach. Maybe, you know, I know I've talked to some people who are close to the players who say they do miss them. Now, is that the only reason why they're not playing better? I don't know because it's, you know, I don't know. I can't answer that. And I wish I could, but I can't right now. And I know last year they gave up a lot of big plays. Chris Harris was here and they gave up a lot of big plays. You know, William Jackson, they didn't make it. They couldn't make it work with him. Now Jackson has his own struggles. And so I put a lot of that on probably not the guy they should have signed with to begin with, knowing what his past was in Cincinnati as far as his strengths and weaknesses. Gave up a lot of big plays a half of last year. They were end up, I think, with 40. I think that was the eighth most in the NFL. But after they benched Jackson and took him out, they were much better, much better over the last like eight to 10 weeks of the season. And that's why I didn't think they were going to have this kind of trouble this season against everybody. And so they were good late. And then, so under Harris in 2021, they gave up the 19th most plays of 25 or more. In 2020, they were 20th in that area. So they were definitely better with him. Now, this is a different group this year than it was couple, you know, two years ago, for sure, because Butler wasn't here. Forrest wasn't here. You know, St. Juice was heard. You know, Emmanuel Forbes obviously wasn't here. So it is a different group, but you know, it's about what are you giving up? And they're also playing a different style of de- uh, covers now with that zone match. And so I think that's, I mean, sometimes it's about the calls. Like they played a lot of man the last two games and did it work? I mean, the proof is there. Like it it didn't work. And so I, it makes me wonder, were they playing too much there? And like, you're asking a lot of an Emmanuel Forbes, he was playing, you know, everybody wants press. Well, they're playing press, but it's not always working. And sometimes it is. I mean, St. Juice does a nice job, job in that area, but there are other times too. Like sometimes it's, un, sometimes it's just a well-placed ball. For example, on the long touchdown pass, the last Bears touchdown the other night. And this is where Kendall Fuller is. And he's playing a little bit off, right? He's playing, you know, five, he's about seven, seven yards off or so. And he it's third down, maybe it's five, six yards off, but he's third down and two. And he's got, there's a definite, like he is aware of a possible double move or something like that off of that. All the bears need is a first down, but he's going to play aggressive because you know that if you break up that first down, then you have a chance to get the ball back. If you give up the catch game's over essentially. So Fuller has cushion, but he drives well on the ball. I mean, he puts himself in good position and the ball's a well-placed ball by Justin Fields. He puts it right over his fingertips. And I'm putting up a picture of that. So if you want to see a picture, check us out on YouTube. I'm just showing you like it was a well, 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 well well-placed ball. And, and and so credit to Fields more, but it wasn't a play where I say, okay, you know, he's going to go for the gamble because of the situation, et cetera. But by and large, the man coverage is that they've that's where they've had some issues. And when you play teams like, you know, the the Eagles who have really good receivers and, you know, and I would say like the Bears, you would have thought they could match up. But DJ Moore is a really good receiver and he killed them. But some of that, too, was, again, out of zone coverage. And sometimes it was a missed tackle. And this is the other thing that I wanted to get about get into about as well. There were a couple of times where 
you know, you may have a guy and this is where some, is it effort? Is it, you know, is it just, you know, angles sometimes? And it's like little, but those are details, man. These are details of the job. And that's where they have to be much better at. And will they be? But there were some times where, you know, I think there's sometimes an assumption that, oh, looks like the play is going to be over. So I'm just going to kind of jog over there and get in position just in case. But then that just in case happens. And because you're jogging over there or not going full, full sprint, then they get extra yards. On the Forbes, the play where Forbes misses a tackle, gives up 32 yards, they gain another t- nine to 10 yards because in part, because Forrest was kind of doing that. Like you need to have the urgency to get over there. And I think, again, if you're, wa- if they're watching, I know they're going to think that because it's what anybody would think. Right. And so, you know, he, Forrest is fast. Forrest plays with passion. He plays with that power. You know, you can get over there. If you can limit it to, to, to instead of 32, if you get them to 20 or 22, it's obviously better. It's still a big game, but it's better. And the same thing happened on, I'm sorry, it was, it was another one where Forbes misses the play and, oh, missed the tackle. This is one we missed the tackle. I'm sorry. And um, I think it was St. Juice. So Forrest and, 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 and Forbes missed the tackle and St. Juice is kind of like getting over there, assuming they were going to make the tackle. But then they miss it, and then he's got to go sprint, and then and more gets about like I think it was like another twenty yards. It's a huge difference. Those yards add up, and yeah, it could have been, he could have held them. That's what exactly what I was could have held them. It was on the thirty-nine yard play. Apologize for messing you up here. I hope you follow me. Could have held them to about nineteen yards. But again, the assumption you can't assume like these guys aren't getting guys on the ground enough to assume that somebody's going to to make that play. And so if you if you want to, um, you know, you've got to be better with that. It's just like that's the urgency that you need to play with. And I think that's something that has to improve. And I'll go like coaches, you get the coaches have to emphasize that. But players have to then go do it. So, you know, we always hear, I mean, I'm a big believer that coaches matter. But I also am a firm believer that ultimately it's up to the players. And coaches are not miracle workers. And they can they can put you in a spot. They can tell you this but you've got to go out there and want to do it. But if you're not, and it's up to them to get it corrected one way or another, whether it's, whether it's through coaching and repetition, whatever, you know, if it's a bunch of guys making mistakes at some point, your message isn't getting through. Right. And if, but if it's, if it's, you know, Forbes, that's an easy one. If it was just him, then you'd say, okay, this kid's going to grow just like an offense a lot. It's not Sam Howell, but that offense can grow because of Sam Howell's progression. But on on defense, if it was just Forbes, I'd say, oh, that's all right. That's they're going to be okay. But it's not, and so you've got to look at why is that and fix whatever it is. And so that Ron Rivera felt pretty good about how he came back today after the couple of days off. So we'll see, you know. But they've got to get it corrected because if they don't, this is going to go is go even further south, and they can't afford that. They have winnable games coming up, but so so was last Thursday, right? And they didn't win that. But they have two winnable games coming up. And then you have Philly coming here. So you have a chance. And then you go to New England. So you have a chance to at least, build, again, build momentum. I know you don't want to hear that. But if you're a player, if you're a coach, that's how they're thinking. So whether or not they can do it, I don't know. Are they good enough to do that after what we've seen? They've lost three in a row. And one was two. Two were blowouts. One was extremely ugly because of the situation. So 
you know, we'll find out if they can do it or not. But I'm just, and all my only point in this is to kind of, there's a couple of reasons why I want to go over this is one, it's again, to tell you, it's not just Forbes. And sometimes it's, you know, and, and it's like, how do you correct all these little things? Because some of them to me are rather basic. And some of them is like, yeah, they're going, they're being a little bit more aggressive. But if you're playing the right technique and you're aggressive, you're still okay. Like if Benjamin St. Juice is in the right position on DJ Moore and he's being a little bit aggressive with that, you're still okay when he turns because you're in good position. And so that's what they need to be. And that's what they need to get back to and or get to because, um, you know, it, can it be corrected? Again, that's the thing I don't know. They have to prove that it can be. Last year, they corrected it all, right? They did a better job with everything. And and I thought this group was going to, I like this group because I think they're a fairly smart, a pretty smart group overall. So I think there was, I, I'm, that's why I'm really surprised at what's going on because it's not what you saw last year. Now, the other thing is this summer, you know, I don't know that we learned enough about the defense this summer because we know the offense was having some struggles. They were doing this. I remember even, I think I even asked Logan Paulson at the end of camp or somebody on the podcast about, did you see enough from the defense to really think that they would be take that next step? So we're all basing it off of how they finished those last eight to 10 games in particular, and then who they have coming back, et cetera. You know, everybody's back. They added this first round corner, blah, blah, blah. So you're thinking that, yeah, it's going to be better and it hasn't been, and they need to get it corrected because it's going to cost people their jobs if they don't. Simple as that. And at some point, some point, you know, all you got, all your wishes, you're going to get it if they don't turn this around, period, you know, and, and, um, you know, otherwise, because they're staring at the inevitable if this, if it doesn't turn. And that's where, that's where we're at right now, but 12 games left. And this is, they, they know, I mean, trust me when I say like, they know that these are mistakes that like, it just makes you scratch your head. Like, why are they happening? And then, you know, and, and you have to, like, you have to look at, is it what you're teaching them? Is it how you're teaching them? Is it the what you're not teaching them? Is it what they're doing? Are they not being able to do like what? But again, these are basic things. If you can't play a cover two portion right, like it's 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 not easy, but there's some basic stuff to it where you know what your job is. And so it's the old do your job and then 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 good things follow. And so that's what they have to start doing. And can they do it? We'll find out. That's it for me. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. And, um, you know, be kind to people out there, folks. And remember, I'm just a conveyor of information and just trying to bring some analysis. So just be kind because I like having interactions with folks. I don't like having it with people just have, I just want to come out and just be kind of jerks. So you know, but if you want to have good conversations, always happy to have it, whether on YouTube, on social, on Twitter, X, whatever it's called. Anyway, that's it. That's it for me. And I will be back with another one. Going to have my guys, Matt Paris from the Washington Times and Sam Forday from the Washington Post. are going to join me on the next episode that might be coming out Wednesday. It'll be Wednesday or Thursday morning. Not quite sure yet. So check Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Anyway, regardless, I'll talk to you next time.